Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, from Ref to District, full press coverage, and right here on FGT, it's Trevor Stores. How you doing, uh, Trevor? Hakun, I'm great, man. Happy New Year. Good to be back, man. How are you? Great. Happy New Year to you, too, my friend. And today, joining us, uh, is the godfather of football garbage time, Scott King. Hey, King. Hey, Scott. Uh, welcome back. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. So I, I know, Scott, you are still probably celebrating the Lions eliminating the Packers at Lambeau from the NFL playoffs. Science field delivered by an Aaron Rodgers interception. Have you stopped celebrating yet? A- absolutely not. I, I got a little <laughs> uh, out of control on Twitter. I had to issue an apology statement after some of my my emotional outbursts, but uh, yeah, for a Lions fan, that was a playoff game, so I was very, very happy. I can tell you that for a a Bears fan, it was also a lot of fun to see the Packers lose at Lambeau, Uh, and after that intro, I don't know, that. and and Trevor, did you watch this Sunday night game here between the Packers and the Lions? I sure did. Okay, you know that at the beginning, did you guys see at the beginning they had that intro? Where they had yeah. all the Packer fans say like, "I never lost faith. I never lost faith. We're gonna make it." And you know, like Aaron yeah. Rodgers is like, "Yeah, I, I, you know, we're gonna make this happen." I love the fact that it didn't happen after that, because it was pretty clear to me <laughs> that they had like the flip side of that for the Lions, but they must have cut it out or something because because <laughs> of the Seattle Seahawks win. So it was such a one-sided intro. I was like, "Nope, no way, no way should they win with that type of intro to Sunday Night Football." I'm just saying. A little bit of karma there. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Aaron Rodgers. And, we, and we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers in, next time because I do want to talk about what will happen to him in the future. But, hey, we guys, we got so much to talk about because we have Black Monday that just happened. And we also have every game in the su- Super Wild Card Weekend. I mean, that's so much to talk about. I can't wait. Let's get this thing rolling. So let's start with Black Monday. And, and before we get started, guys, I actually had no idea why it was called Black. I mean, I know that Black Monday because it's dark and it's Monday uh, because people are getting fired. But I didn't know where that came from. So I did look it up. And apparently it was based on a Chicago Tribune story, which referenced a day in which multiple college coaches were fired in the late 1990s. And then in 98, it kind of rolled over to the NFL and became used by the Associated Press, the New York Post, Houston Chronicle, and a bunch of other places and headlines um, about the end of the season in 98. So it, it kind of stuck from then point on. I didn't realize that was where it came from, but that's Black Monday. For <laughs> I had no idea. And Black Monday, obviously, this year, 2023, was this last Monday. There really was only one actual firing on Black Monday, and that was Cliff Kingsbury of the Arizona Cardinals. Lovey Smith was actually uh, let go hours after he gave away the first overall draft pick of the uh, Houston Texans to the Bears. Uh, thank you, Lovey Smith. I can assume it's actually funny because they did mention on the telecast that Lovey Smith had a discussion of management earlier in the day. I can only imagine they said, Lovey, um, we're firing you. Uh, please go out and lose this game for us. And he said, screw you guys. We're going to win. <laughs> I hope it went down. I'm going to pretend it went down just like that. 
Um, but this year, not a lot of Black Monday firings. Of course, there were three other firings in season. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But, you know, not as big a, a, a fallout as we had last year where we had Matt Nagy of the Bears, Mike Zimmer of the Vikings, a very um, questionable firing of Brian Flores from the Dolphins, and, of course, um, Joe Judge from the Giants, uh, David Culley from the Texans, Urban Meyer and John Gruden also didn't make it to the end of the season. So this Black Friday, not as big of a deal as last year, but let's talk about that first. Let's talk about the firing of Lovey Smith and Cliff Kingsbury. Um, we're going to start with you, Trev. What do you think about this? Good or bad moves by the Texans and the Cardinals uh, in firing Lovey Smith and Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, <clears throat> I'll start with him. I think it's a great move. I, I honestly don't know why they signed him to an extension to 2027 just like 10 months ago or whatever. Because yeah. Was proven <laughs> extension. Um, right. Him and Kyle Murray never got along. There was a riff with the contract situation, video games or not. You have Kyler right. Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green. You have TJ, uh, J.J. Watt on the other side of the ball, Isaiah Simmons, uh, Zach Collins, you drafted as well. You had a pretty decent roster, and you missed the playoffs, and it can barely win six or seven games. So that's a problem. Right. I felt about winning, so there's that. Lovey Smith, I don't think that's fair at all. <clears throat> I mean, his roster was a bunch of nobodies, and you could put a, you could have had Bill Belichick there, and he probably would have won maybe four games. Like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't think right. it's a fair shot. I think if you give him a chance to, you know, pick his squad, pick his staff, and hire you know, from the very beginning and not to like where it's almost time for the season to start, give another chance, maybe bring somebody in and work around that and then see what happens. But after one year, like what do you expect? His quarterback is awful. No receivers. No, his running back was the best part of the team. He was a rookie. So like, yes. I mean, he was just dealt bad hands. So unfair for Lovey and definitely fair for Cliff Kingsbury, in my opinion. Uh, yes, yes. And then, so um, before I chime in on this one, let me turn it over to you, Scott. What do you think about these firings of Lovey Smith from the Houston Texans and Cliff Kingsbury from the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I think we saw the Kingsbury one coming. Um, like you said, him and Kyler never got along. That roster you just rattled off was, you know, probably the greatest team in the NFL in 2015. Um, unfortunately it's 2022. So it's a, it's a aged team. They tried to sort of go all in and bring in Hopkins and, and, you know, some of these guys, but it's just not working. I would expect, you know, Kingsbury to take a year off and maybe he goes back to college. I think he's more of a college guy. I was surprised at the hire when it happened. I think he kind of ascended pretty quickly to the NFL. Um, so I think he probably takes a year off and then maybe picks off a, a good college um, college gig. And and as far as Lovey Smith, yeah, I don't get it. Um, you know, we talked about the Lions. I, I've been a fan of a really bad franchise for a long time, and really bad franchises fire coaches regularly, fire GMs regular, and and never get anything going. That right. roster was was a joke. Right. I right. mean, there's nothing you can point to on that team other than maybe Cook as like a talent that would be on another roster. So, right. Um, makes no sense unless they just told him ahead of time, we only want you to come in and kind of hang out for a year. I, I have no idea what they're thinking, but yeah. that's a bad franchise. No, no players. I mean, they're in a, 
multi-year rebuild that, you know, if they keep making bad decisions, they'll never get out of. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, this is how I feel about the Houston Texans uh, entirely, their administration, the management, and the team itself. But let me say this. I think that Lovey Smith was a fall guy. I think they hired him knowing he was going to lose. And I think they did it kind of uh, reactionary. Uh, they, they, saw, uh, they saw what happened with the entire Brian Flores issue, which is a legitimate complaint that Brian Flores had. And they said, uh-oh. Uh, and they went and hired Lovey Smith. And they, and they knew when they hired him that they were giving him the keys to the crappiest kingdom one could ever have. Damian Pierce being the sole bright spot. I mean, even Brandon Cooks didn't want to be there. So, honestly, mm-hmm. there was nothing there for the Houston Texans at all. Um, that, that game in Week 18 was the most amazing Houston Texans game I've seen in a very long time. I mean, it was um, a team that really came together to win. And it just right. leads me to believe that they know that half that team is not going to be on that roster next year. Uh, and, and, and that Levy Smith knew he wasn't going to be there next year. Um, you know, and kudos to Levy Smith saying, you know what, we're not going to lose on purpose here. We're, we're a football team and we're here to win. We're competitors and we can we can win games. So, you know, that being said, I feel bad for Lovey. I've always been a Lovey Smith fan, even though he wasn't great when he was in Chicago. Um, and he wasn't great when he was the coach of my Illini either. Um, but that being said, I think he's a good, solid coach, and, and I don't think they gave him a good, solid shot in Houston. Cliff Kingsbury, I am not feeling bad for him because if you, do you remember the draft that they did from home the, during yeah. the pandemic? He had the yeah. freaking nicest house. Exactly. I have ever seen it in my life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I'm like, I am not shedding a tear for Cliff Kingsbury. He clearly, no. uh, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. Um, and, you know, he had, unlike the Texans, he had the arguably one of the most talented rosters you could think. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of the guys who were over the hill, as you say, Scott. But, um, you know, I mean, Marquise Brown is, is up and coming. DeAndre Hopkins is not out yet. Of course, he's a lot, you know, got a lot of injuries. Um, Kyler Murray, you know, listen, I, I, I can respect the fact that his stats go down when a Call of Duty game comes out. I respect that. You know? <laughs> I respect that. I mean, that guy knows how to be great at multiple things, right? He's great at, at football when he, he's not playing Call of Duty, and he's great at Call of Duty when he's playing Call of Duty. So, hey, I respect that. Um, but, yeah, that's the way I feel about it. Cliff Kingsbury, I agree with you guys. Should have gone. Lovey Smith didn't get a good look. Let me um, go ahead and go through really quickly – who's on the roster right now for the Arizona Cardinals. So far, they've only requested a look at Sean Payton for the uh, Houston Texans. They've requested a look at a lot of people, a Giro Averro, the Broncos defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator, Sean Payton, again, D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, and Sean Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator. Um, it's clear to me the Houston Texans knew they were doing this a long time ago because they came up with a big list really freaking fast. Uh, so what do you think here? Between that, and then there's a couple other positions open, obviously. Carolina Panthers don't have a head coach. Denver Broncos, Broncos also don't have a head coach. Indianapolis Colts don't have a head coach. So among the Colts, Texans, Broncos, Panthers, and Cardinals, uh, who do you think here, Trev? What do you, what, which one of those teams would you want to coach? What's a good position for either one of these guys you guys hang out and uh, end up in next year. I'm going to Denver. Oh, yeah. teams, they, have the, they have the best roster on both sides of the ball out of those four teams. Russell Wilson is whatever I mean. He's corny. He has cliche. 
whatever it is, but he's obviously fixable. He kind of looked a little bit better last two games of the season, so he's still got some left in the tank. It is Russell Wilson after all. Then you got all yep. his receivers. Um, defense can probably add a couple more pieces because they lost Bradley Chubb due to trades. So that's a big fault, but you got a couple mm-hmm. more pieces on defense. Got a nice running game with uh, one of the car. I think was it Micah? Which one is it from Carolina? Javante Carter or Mike- Michael Carter or Williams? Which one is there? Williams. Javante Williams. Williams from North Carolina. Yeah, nice running game there. So yeah, I go to Denver. Why not? Yep. So, uh, what, what do you think here, uh, Scott? Same question for you. Where Where would you want to end up? What's a good place for a head coach next season? I I think Carolina is interesting. I mean, they they really fought hard. It looked like they were just folding up the tent when they fired Rule and shipped McCaffrey out, and and that team really responded. So, I think it's interesting. Darnold kind of interesting. You know, is he mm-hmm. seeing? You know, is he the the Ryan Tannehill or? You know, one of these guys that gets a, a new new look, Jared Goff even, and has a little bit of a resurgence. And that Russell Wilson is just way too much baggage for me <laughs> to want to try to deal with. And, um, you know, qu- question whether he, he was a product of the of the Seahawks system. Um, but I think Carolina would be interesting. And, and it's not bare, so you've got some pieces. And, you know, maybe you've got something in Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah, and then you look back, and, of course, uh, Russell Wilson cost them a pretty penny, and you were saddled with him for quite some time. Um, First-round pick this year, last year, this year, and many, many other picks. It's not pretty uh, what the Broncos gave up in order to uh, get Russell Wilson from the Seahawks and watch the Seahawks take Geno Smith into the playoffs. Clearly not what they had envisioned when they paid up all that for um, for for Russell Wilson. Uh, with that said, uh, in the words of Russell Wilson, let's ride. Let's continue on and take on the <laughs> la- the uh, super wild card. You know, I always love that let's ride because it was so corny, and he never got a chance to use it. He only used it like once, like in like properly, because every time they lost, it obviously let's ride is stupid. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he is kind of corny. He is kind of corny. All right, let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on this thing, and let's move on to the super wild card weekend. I'm going to ask you guys about each of these games. Give you give me the key to the game as well as who you think will win the game. Let's start with the 4:30 p.m. Saturday game on Fox between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco. 49ers. The line right now is San Francisco favored by nine and a half. The over-under is 42.5. They're playing in Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California, where the weather is about supposed to be 55 degrees. So what do you think here, Scott? I'll start with you. What's the key to the game? Who are you going to think? Who do you think is going to win this one? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the, the Niners defense against the Seahawks. Um, you know, can they keep the running game in check and, and contain uh, DK Metcalf and, and, you know, keep that Seahawks offense down. I think Purdy, mm-hmm. uh, McCaffrey, Debo's back, Ayuk, those guys will put up enough points. So it's going to come down to defense. Um, and I think the Niners, I mean, the line says it all, right? It's, it's basically a double digit line. So I think the Seahawks win. I'm not sure I'd be uh, the line there, I might go Seattle with the points, but I definitely think the Niners win and probably go under as well. Just oh, okay, under. All right, that means defense doing its job. Um, Trev, tell me, what do you think? Key, key to the game between the Seahawks and the 49ers? 
and pick us a winner? Um, I think the key is going to be experience. <clears throat> um, Geno Smith, I don't think, has been to, a, to the playoffs. If he has, he hasn't won a playoff game. Um, <laughs> the Niners have been there. And I do think uh, it's a division game. So it's the third time that we're playing each other. So it's going to be super competitive because it's a division game. But I agree with Scott. I think the Niners – I mean, I don't think the Seahawks are going to win. I think the Niners are going to win. comes down to defense for them. They've been here before. Um, whether, no matter who's quarterback, this team has been there. So I look for the 49ers to squeak one out. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm going to side on the 49ers as well. But did you guys realize that Geno Smith set the franchise record for passing yards for the Seattle Seahawks? He beat, he surpassed Russell Wilson last week. Did you realize that? No, I did is, not. I is did that not. amazing? Isn't that amazing? Wow. Geno Smith. Quietly, now, he did it so Yes, quietly. he did. It was very quiet. It was very quiet. Uh, that's because, um, you know, maybe Russell Wilson really wasn't as good as we thought he was. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Geno Smith was much better than we thought he was. Either way, um, I do have some concerns because the San Francisco 49ers have a, you know, we all know they have a top-end defense. But you look back at the last couple of weeks, and although they did manage to down the Cardinals and their third-string, fourth-string quarterback, David Blau, mm-hmm. you know, they, gave, they let up 34 points to the Raiders. Um, and, and this is not taken away from the Commanders. They gave up 20 points to the Commanders. Um, last time they played the Seahawks in Seattle, 21 to 13, um, they wanted to pull it off essentially by one score. So, you know, I mean, I, I, this is going to be a little bit closer than I think anybody realizes. I think that I have some concerns about what's happening with the 49ers defense, not really showing up the way I think they are. And Brock Purdy is showing up much better than I thought he would. Obviously, I don't think any Mr. Irrelevant has ever made the playoffs before, particularly no. in his rookie year. So this, this is uh, groundbreaking, but he is quite defined i mean think about the fact that what are they going to do if brock purdy gets them a nice deep run in the nfc side of the uh, playoffs maybe even get to the super bowl what happens when trey lance comes back i mean mm-hmm. i i don't know how do you i mean how do you then i mean do you do what uh the eagles did and, and just kind of pull nick Foles? it's a different story obviously because Foles was already kind of long in the tooth at that point after he won that super bowl for the eagles but I mean, Brock Purdy has been a real find, and I don't know if you could say, well, let's go back to Trey Lance, who's done absolutely nothing for us so far, except yeah, um, for take up a, a really high draft pick. So interesting line here, but I absolutely am on board with the 49ers. Let's get on to the next game here. That is the Chargers at the Jaguars at the 8.15 p.m. game on Saturday. Um, Scott, give me the uh, key to the game and give me the winner. Yeah, I think this one is going to come down to the quarterback play, which which isn't a huge surprise. Um, I think uh, Lawrence has really been finding his way this year. Um, they've, they've been electric at times, and I think, you know, the Chargers offense is sputtered, and, and I was just checking Mike Williams is still looking like he's probably not going to play, and, and that offense has just been a problem all year. I, I had Mike Williams in fantasy, and you know, he, was, he was a real headache. Um, yeah. I think it's going to come down to the quarterback play, and I think we're going to see, you know, are we to the point where we have to send Herbert overrated, which I know might be kind of a shocking statement, but, Mm -hmm. you know, how many years do you get before you're considered overrated? So um, in Jacksonville, Saturday night, it's always kind of a college atmosphere in Jacksonville when that team's doing well. So I I actually am going to take the Jags. Um, Wow. 
The line's only Chargers minus two, so if you factor right. the home field advantage, it's not as if Vegas sees this as a, as a blowout. So right. I definitely um, I would lean Jags and probably the over. You know, this might be a shootout, so 47.5. So I'd say we'll end up somewhere uh, in the 50s on the point total. Wow. So you're going to take the Jags on this one over the Chargers. In Jacksonville, interesting. Um, well, Trev, Duval. what do you think here? <laughs> yeah, Duval indeed. I, I'm gonna I'm piggyback with Scott. I think it's gonna come down the quarterback as well. Uh, first time playoff, uh, well, actually, second time for Justin, but they really count. So they're both okay. new to the playoffs, pretty much. Um, the Jaguars have a healthier team. Not having Mike Williams is huge for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Kind yeah. of seeing like you what he is without Mike Williams, and I agree, Scott. Is it time to start? mentioning overrated to when you mentioning Justin Herbert. Um, I think it's going to yep. be a shootout as well. Both are young gunslingers. Um, I, I just see the healthier team, Jacksonville, they're at home Saturday night. Um, they, they, they might sneak away with this win too, just because of lack of weapons with Justin Herbert. No, I, I, I it's hard to, it's hard to disagree with any of that folks. I mean, like the fact of the matter is that I, I feel ja- the Jaguars have some momentum here. Um, and it just feels to me that when the Chargers win games, it's just barely, you know, mm-hmm. it's just not, there's never yeah. a dominant performance where they put them away. No, no Patrick Mahomes performances, uh, no. no Joe Burrow performances, nothing like that, where they just absolutely put the door, just put the foot down and say, you're gone. Um, it just seems like, oh, they won. Great. Uh, but that being said, I think the Chargers actually have a little bit of juice to them this year, no pun intended, and I think they're going to be able to make it past the um, past the Jaguars. I, I actually think, mm. think that it's going to be interesting how these defenses line up. But um, I'm not going to underestimate it. I don't feel like I want to put any money on this. The, the yeah. line, again, Chargers only by two, and the over-under at 47.5. So we'll see. That should be a really fun one. Let's go on to Sunday and talk about the 1 o'clock game between the Dolphins and the Bills. And, of course, the Dolphins will not have Tua this week. He has not cleared a concussion protocol. Um, they may also not have, basically, uh, Teddy Bridgewater either. So might be a little more of uh, Skylar Thompson or whatever the hell his name is. Um, I'm, I'm not, really, <laughs> not really sure how this is going to happen. But Dolphins and Bills, Buffalo is favored by 13, over under at 43.5. Uh, what do you think here, Trev? Oh, this would be easy. Bills by 100. <laughs> and that just not the obvious with the uh, the recovery and then Demar Hamlin. Outside of that, they don't have Tua. Um, Tua is yeah. is the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you know, so it's just Bills by a hundred, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the lose is if Josh Allen throws five picks and like four, <laughs> picks and you know that's the only way they'll lose. Other than that, nah, Bills by a million. So. Yeah. No. I. Uh, yeah. I. I know it's super weird. By the way, Josh Allen, total yards thrown this year, 4,283. Geno Smith, 4,282. Just Ooh. FYI. Just FYI, guys. Just, you know, maybe uh-huh. we're underrating Geno Smith after all, or maybe the Jets are just really bad at <laughs> developing quarterbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe one of those things. Uh, all right. So, Scott, what do you think? Dolphins at Bills. Pick us a winner and tell yeah, us to get the game. Yeah, I think there's really no chance here for Miami. I, I think the only question is, you know, how soon do they pull the Bills starters, yeah. right? So yeah. they're not playing guys the whole game. So the only thing that would put the cover or the over in question to me is 
is pulling the starters, but I could see Buffalo, you know, and going up 24 nothing in the first half or, you know, 28 yeah. nothing in the first half. This, this game is going to be over really quick, and I think they're going to pull all their starters and make sure nobody gets hurt heading into the next round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This could be Georgia versus TCU part two. I was going to say, yeah, this could be TCU part two, for sure. Yeah. No Amen. fun for anyone, so for yeah. Georgia fans. Okay, let's. And I think that the Bills have this one in the bag. Uh, no, no sweat in this one. It's too bad though because they do have a great lineup. With and of course, uh, um, I, I didn't mention this because without Tua, there really is no cho- chance here. But Mahim Mostert, also a broken thumb, might not oh, play. No. So um, it's basically, you know, yeah, doesn't really matter, Curtain. does it? <laughs> 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 All right, next game, 4:30 p.m. on Fox. Giants at Vikings. Woo! Minnesota is favored by three, over under at 48. Scott, I'll start with you first this time. Give us the key to the game and give us a winner. Yeah, I think the key is going to be uh, Kirk Cousins and how he does in a standalone game, not quite prime time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've watched a lot of Vikings football, obviously with the two games with the Lions. Um, the Vikings are not an impressive team to me. I mean, they 13-4, and four, yeah. yeah, that's a great record, but – I think they were under, um, you know, more more points against than scored yep. for the season I saw. So, yep, um, that's right. you know, it's just not an impressive team. The Giants aren't a juggernaut, but I see this as, as kind of going to be a boring game, probably some turnovers, um, running the ball. Kirk Cousins, you know, probably throws two or three picks, and this game might be like, 17 to 12 or just something really, really boring. I'm expecting this game to be, um, but the Vikings will pull it out. I think they're more talented, but um, this, this will probably be the worst game of the weekend is my prediction. Wow. Worse than the bills and dolphins, huh? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) That might be my pick for worst (laughs) game of the weekend. Yeah. We'll see the fireworks for about 10 minutes and then we'll all get bored and tune out. Um, all right. So, Trev, what do you got here? Giants at Vikings, 4.30 p.m. on Sunday. What's the key to the game, and who makes who wins this one? This is a tough one. I think this is going to be the most physical, scrappiest game that we've had. Because they never played once in the regular season, and the, and the Vikings beat them, I think. They came back and beat them. Is that correct? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Yes, 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 yes. 27-24 over the Giants. Then, the Giants, they're this, I've seen them twice, so I know exactly how they are. They're a very gritty team. When you think you've got them back against the wall, they turn around and come right back at you and make it interesting, if not win the game. Um, they did it last weekend against Philly. Um, right. They rested their starters, and they lost 22-16 after being down 19 nothing all game. So, like, they made that kind of interesting, even though they right. lost. Um, Minnesota, on paper, when you see Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, they look great but they tend to play down to their op- their opposition's levels every game. They don't just come out and take over the game like Dallas did to them when they lost 40-3. to They have the offensive weapons to do it, but they for some reason, Kirk, when they're playing a team that's mediocre or less than them, he plays the same way to make it interesting. They win by a field goal or less. So this right. game is going to come down to, I think, that honestly. I think they're both equal um, and for some strange reason, and the Vikings will squeak away, though, because they have a little more firepower than Daniel Jones does in offense. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be interesting to me as well. I mean, Daniel Jones, 
has had his ups and downs. I mean, it's really interesting when you look at his numbers. Um, when he throws a lot, he loses. When he runs a lot, he wins. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really kind of a weird thing. Um, and that's something I think that the Vikings are going to have a trouble containing. Uh, you can never count out Justin Jefferson. You can never count out um, TJ Hawkinson, who mm-hmm. uh, Cousins seems to love, love, love in the last three uh, mm-hmm. games. But you can count on Cousins imploding uh, at times. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying the the Giants are a great team. I do think that um, in terms of talent, the Vikings have more talent for sure. But the Giants are a gritty team, and they know how to win games. And I think there is a pretty significant shot here that they come away with the win this weekend. Um, and we will see. But this will definitely be one of the more interesting games for me. I know, I know that you said it will be boring, Scott, but it, it will be very interesting in terms of outcome for me mm-hmm. on this one. All right, let's go to the 8.15 p.m., the Sunday night game between the Ravens and the Bengals. Let's start with you, Trev. Let's talk about Ravens at Bengals. They are going to be playing with Cincinnati at a minus 8.5 um, line at an over-under of 40.5. No Lamar Jackson this week no Lamar Jackson he has been ruled out yes so I gotta say this and I gotta head over to hit uh, rest of the district but um yep. no Lamar Jackson it's Bengals I mean it is it's just what it is no Lamar Jackson they don't have a playoff win uh no Tyler Huntley that's their second best option he might not even play so I'm, I'm going Bengals with this should be an easy win and you hate to see it because it's such a nice rivalry between these two right. teams but uh no Lamar Jackson no victory for Ravens so I I totally I I see and let me ask you Cowboys Buccaneers pick a winner and then we'll let you run. Oh, I'm picking the Bucks. Tom Brady's got uh, his postseason back. They're eight and nine. That's just numbers now. That season's washed away. It's a brand new season for the postseason. His team's getting healthier by the minute. We just beat the Cowboys butts with their starters. So hey, yep. death has been atrocious all year. Go Bucks. Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Trev. Everybody, be sure to check, catch uh, Ref the District after this. After this, not during this, after this. <laughs> All right, Scott, let's talk about the Ravens and Bengals here. Obviously, no Lamar Jackson. Uh, Bengals hot, 12-4, and four, coming into this, favored by 8.5, playing in Cincinnati at home. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's the Bengals game to, to win. Um, they walked away. No, no real competition here. It, you know, it's really sad when – You've got multiple games where players have been injured or quarterbacks are out and they're making their way into the playoffs and the games yeah. are really, I mean, throwaways. And yeah. uh, it, it's just going to be disappointing. I, again, Bengals will get up and pull their starters so nobody gets hurt. Um, you know, it could be a huge, you know, you're looking, you're talking about a, a rivalry. I mean, this could be game of the week kind of stuff and, and they did put it at the 815 standalone you know Sunday night but this yep. will not be an interesting football game by any means. It is unfortunate without Lamar Jackson there I agree mm-hmm. I don't think that the Ravens will be able to contain the Bengals although the defense has been getting better recently uh, Justin Tucker cannot kick enough field goals to keep up with <laughs> touchdowns to Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon so uh, I think that's just going to be uh, too bad for the Ravens I would have loved to see it if Lamar Jackson was 100% healthy I think then it would be a very interesting game because two very different styles there in terms of offenses let's turn to the last game of the week and that is the Monday night game of Super Wildcard Weekend the Chicago <laughs> Chicago geez I wish the Dallas Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Dallas favored by two and a half, over under at 45.5. 
no uh, remarkable injuries here. So what do you think? Cowboys or Buccaneers? Key to the game and pick me a winner. See, I think um, – I believe this is the Manning cast game as well, if I'm not mistaken. So I'll definitely mm-hmm. be tuning into that one. Um, I think it's going to be coming down to quarterback play. Obviously, um, Brady's been up and down. Finally found Mike Evans. Like, he had one touchdown the whole year or something. And then he had three <laughs> yeah. Week or, you know, two weeks yeah. Ago, so, um, yeah, I think it's going to be quarterback play. You know, what does Dak do? Um, they've got a good running game. I mean, Dallas, I would say, has the better roster. But um, kind of with Trev, I, I can't go against Brady – um, you know, he seems to have it kind of clicking right now. And I would go Bucks money line and ride with Tom Brady. And, you know, I also don't trust Mike McCarthy in the playoffs. I think he's kind of proven to have some clock management, game strategy kind of issues in the past. So yep. stage gets really big for him. A lot of pressure on the road in Tampa. So I, I think it's Bucks money line and Brady uh, continues on in the playoffs. Yeah, and I've been predicting this all year round. Uh, I think from the very beginning, even when the Buccaneers were completely in the the basement um, because the NFC South was so bad, that the Buccaneers would get to the playoffs and they would be very successful in the playoffs because obviously playoff Brady is different than regular Brady. Uh, I, I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I probably, next to Aaron Rodgers, my least favorite on a personal level uh, football player but that being said i respect tom brady and what he can do on the football field and he lives for the playoffs and um, this buccaneers roster is waking up he was favoring godwin for a while and that was kind of being okay but now that he's opened it up and he rediscovered mike evans i think that it's going to be really tough to stop the cowboys just fell apart last week i don't know what happened dak prescott he was like he completed one of three passes and i mean he looked horrible absolutely horrible no timing he was placement was poor decision making was poor he got sacked a number of times it just it just did not look good and they couldn't get their ground game going with Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard getting absolutely stymied at the line Buccaneers have a great defense uh, I really do believe that the Buccaneers will take this um, I would I would I, I mean the Dallas Cowboys are favored I would take the Buccaneers even to cover the spread it's only two and a half uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised though if a little bit of scoring got going but uh, I think the Cowboys at the end just don't have what it takes to get it over the hump, and which is strange because I really did think the Cowboys had what it took, and last week really had an impact on my opinion of them. <laughs> um, I just didn't think that they would end up in a situation where they'd be playing the Bucks. Uh, so I got the Buccaneers here with the spread. So let's go on to the last topic of the day um, because we are essentially in overtime at this point, but that's okay because we love overtime. We love our listeners, so we want to make sure that they get what they want, and that means let's talk a little bit about a little bit of fantasy football because there are obviously some postseason fantasy football out there, and typically the way it works is that you pick your players. If they survive from round to round, they get a multiplier. So typically you try to pick players who you think are on teams that will go deep in the playoffs. Those teams that have buys will not score in week one, but will automatically have a two-time multiplier in week two. So what are your thoughts here on players that you would target in the postseason fantasy football format? Yeah, I think you've got to look at teams you think, like you said, are going to go far, even even if they get a first-round buy. So right. I, I like Jarrett McKinnon. I, I've had a lot of yeah. success with him. Obviously, in fantasy, he's just been on a tear the last, 
like the second half of the season. They've really figured out how to use him. Um, uh-huh. He's a target, you know, monster at the re- receiving, uh, at the running back position. So I think uh-huh. he's a good one, um, you know, to look at. And then obviously, you know, you can go with Mahomes or, or uh, Josh Allen and, and anybody on that one. But, you know, Jared McKinnon is a good one. He's also good for DFS, you know, mm-hmm. probably coming in at a, at a reasonable rate too. So I would say he, he's definitely one that I would be targeting um, for a run and, and some good points. Yeah, yeah, and I love the idea of, of getting him in on DFS as well. I think that's a, a, a fantastic call there. And I would like to, you know, in terms of this, it's really tough because, honestly, um, Typically, you want to fill it out with some AFC and some NFC. You don't want to just get all AFC because you're knocking each other out as you get toward the Super Bowl. So the harder decision for me is who do I want on the NFC side? And um, I am actually going to go with the 49ers in terms of the uh, NFC side. I think they have the uh, build to go far. And I love me some Christian McCaffrey. And I love me some Brandon Ayuk. I think he's getting a ton of looks right now from uh, Brock Purdy. And I think Christian McCaffrey has become an all-purpose Swiss Army knife as he was, but in a system where he can be uh, very, very dangerous and in a very and, and on a team that has a great defense as well. So I think the 49ers are a great team to look at in terms of that postseason fantasy football. And I like those players on the Bills and the Bengals as well as the players on, and, on the Chiefs. But um, I am actually going to lean a little bit just a little bit because, and then this is showing my bias here. I think the Bengals are going to make it all the way. So I'm going to lean a little bit on Jamar Chase uh, and Joe Mixon. I just think that there's some, some potential there for them to put up some really big numbers. And I know that you said they probably will pull their players at some point. I, I think that's probably right against the Ravens, but not until um, very, very deep in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. Uh, I just don't see them pulling them much earlier than that. And I think by then you got plenty of value and then you get the automatic two-time multiplier in week two. Um, so that's my thoughts on the postseason fantasy football. Some good ones there. I think we have a lot to look at. I would definitely stay away, obviously, from the Dolphins and the Ravens. No value there. And I think the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, too much of a toss-up to want to take anybody um, on that in that game. So uh, with that said, let's go ahead and hit the air horn on the show. We really squeeze it all in, and we only did eight minutes of overtime. That's fine because it's a big pack time of the season, and we've got a big pack Super Wild Card weekend coming up, and we need to give you all that information. Scott, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? Yeah, hit me up on NFL Fantasy underscore more. Um, there's no more Lions games, so I won't be as aggressive <laughs> in my uh, or commentary. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, I'll be moving on to uh, some hockey, NBA, and uh, path to the draft here, which, you know, we got the playoffs, and then we're right right on the co- combine and the draft. So, yeah, um, exciting no off season. It's just a non-playing yeah. season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I love it. I love it. Plus, being a Bears fan, I always look forward to the non-playing season because the playing season sucks so hard for us. So, <laughs> always good time. You can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter. You can find me at the Football Garbage Time page on Facebook. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend and enjoy your NFL week.